Well, good morning. It's good to see you all today. I'm just curious about something real quick. Did anybody else have any hindrances coming here this morning besides me? Hi. I could tell you so many things that tried to hinder me from being here today. But you know what? Bless God, we are here, and we are going to trust him to just have his way this morning. Amen? <clears throat> He's bigger than all our hindrances, and I am so thankful for him. Well, it thrills my heart to be with you here today, and I'm so thankful that we get to open the Word of God together and look and see what he might say to us today. We've been in a series of teachings here at Providence that we have entitled The Story of God. We've been looking at the top 10 stories in the book of Genesis and showing how our story connects with the story of God. Stories. Oh my goodness, I have so many stories. You know, I just turned uh, 66 on Friday, and I'm, <laughs> yes, I know, it's like a miracle. I'm still alive, so ancient. Um, but the older I get, the more stories I have. You know, they just keep coming and coming. And I, I love it. I have to kind of contain myself so that I don't, you know, every time I'm talking to somebody, I'm thinking, you know, I have a story about that, you know, and it happens all the time. And I think, ah, oh, just, you don't have to say everything, but I have a lot to say. <clears throat> I love the fact that each one of us has a story. It, our, our lives tell a story. And this is important because our stories are important. They have everything to do with our identity and our purpose in life. Our stories carry a message and a meaning along with them. Our stories will impact other people in a good way or a not so good way. Our stories will actually outlive us. Today we're going to look at the story of Abraham and his son Isaac in Genesis chapter 22. I have entitled this <clears throat> message, Isaac carried the wood, Abraham carried the word. I'd like to pray and ask God to speak to us today. Will you join me in prayer? Father, we are so grateful, so grateful for you and the way you loved us first you expressed your love. You showed your love. You are consistent with your love. God, you've done everything for us. We're so grateful. Thank you that we get to gather here together and open your word. Father, I ask that you would speak to us today. Would you speak in a way that we know it's you, not only through our forefather Abraham, but just speak to our hearts, oh God, and show us whatever it is that you want us to see today. Increase our faith, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'd like for you to look in your Bibles to uh, Genesis 22, and I'm just going to read verses 1 through 19 for us. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I will tell you. So 
Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took his hand, in his hand, the fire and the knife. So they went, both of them together. And Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. He said, behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went, both of them together. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. He said, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and, looked, and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, excuse me, on the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you, and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies, and in your offspring all the nations of the earth will be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned to his young men, and they arose and went together to Beersheba, and Abraham lived in Beersheba. Who, oh my, reading this as a parent, I have so many thoughts. Reading this as a wife, right, I have so many thoughts. Reading this as a mother, from a mother's heart, I have so many thoughts. I mean, I really think this family was in great need of, thank you, kind friend, counseling, <laughs> right? Therapy, this whole trauma story. Like I could really get into that, and I did in my studies. I had to kind of just reel myself back in. But what are some of the things that we can observe from just reading this text here? We know Isaac was not a baby or a toddler even. He was old enough to carry the wood. He was also old enough to understand the process of worship and sacrificing to God, right? Yet he was also referred to as a boy. That Hebrew uh, word means a lad or a youth. 
So we know he, he, he was young. And Abraham laid him on top of that altar. Old Abe. Like, he was 100 years old when Isaac was born. So he was well over 100 at this time, right? No indication of any, any kind of a physical struggle between Isaac and his dad. I'm just thinking, wow, Abraham must have been in great shape. <laughs> you know, well over 100 years old, he bound his son and laid him on the altar. Altar. At his age, he was still also able to journey three days on foot. I mean, I just think he was amazing in so many ways. Old Abe, he was a beast. <laughs> and let's think back to Genesis chapter 12 when God made a covenant promise with Abraham and he said that he was going to bless him. He was going to make his name great. Remember? He was going to bless those that bless him, curse those that curse him. Um, and that in him, through his seed, all the families and nations of the earth were going to be blessed. Then in Genesis 18, when the three men came to see Abraham and the Lord tells him, that next year at the same time, you're going to have that son. Wow, how happy and excited he must have been, right? I, can I just tell you this thing? It, it comes to my mind, my husband, Ray. He's not here. He's on the men's retreat. So, um, but I, I just have to tell you this about him. So when we married almost 35 years ago, we got pregnant with our son, Joseph, three months after we were married. Okay? Fertile Myrtle. Okay? I, okay. This is a side note. But we got pregnant right away with our son, Joe. And our son, Joe, is coming on December 10th for Ray's uh, eldership installation. I'm so excited about that. I want y'all to meet him. Um, but Ray was so proud of the fact that not only we were having a baby, but we were having a boy, you know? Like he was just macho. He was so proud. He took our sonogram picture and brought it to church he shot because it clearly, no mistake, was a boy. And he's showing this to everybody in choir practice. He's, I mean, he was strutting. It was so funny. <gasps> what are you doing? What are you doing here? Did you know I was going to talk about you and you came to... Set the story straight. I'm so happy to see. See, I'm just saying. Ray, yippee. You know what? I was going to say, I feel you here anyway. I told somebody that. I feel him here with me. Okay, I'll stop. Mm. But he was funny. He was strutting around. He was so excited that we were having a boy. And when I think about this story with Abraham after all this time, over, over, you know, like 100 years old, and he's having this boy, I just think he must have been so excited too, you know? Anyway, more observations. It's my understanding in my study that those three days, that journey of three days, really should have only taken a half a day at most. 
Perhaps in this call to sacrifice his promised son, he took the long way around, thinking and hoping that maybe God was going to call this whole thing off, you know? Because after all, he was going. He was obedient. Isn't, isn't that enough obedience, you know? He did set out to do it. I would love to know that conversation that Abraham must have been having with God in his heart as they walked along, right? We can just imagine he seemed confident that God would come through because in verse 5, he said, we will come back. We are going to go to worship and return to you. The big thing was his faith that God would keep his promise because he really was going to go through with this. The angel, did you notice the angel had to call his name twice? Abraham, Abraham. I feel like it was to, he had to help pull him out of that state of mind he must have had to be in to be willing to do this thing and trust God so much. Mm. Then we see after the test was over that God provided the sacrifice. God was faithful. He was there. He never left the situation. It also indicates that only Abraham returned to his young men and they went to Beersheba to live. So if you study this text and get into it, you're going to have a lot of questions, like I did and do. There are some things that we can observe from this text that I'm just not going to mention because of time and also because it's going to take us down a rabbit hole, you know, trying to figure out this family, you know? But God's promise to Abraham did come to pass. And old Abe did become the father of Isaac, and God blessed him in a big way. I think it's important that we really look at um, what the promise was to Abraham. This promise came before this testing anywhere from, what I gather, 13 to maybe 30, some people say 33 years prior. <clears throat> so I want to look at Genesis 18 real quick. You don't have to turn there. I'm just going to read it. Then the Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of Mamre in the heat of the day while he was sitting at the entrance of his tent. And Abraham looked, looked up and he saw three men standing nearby. And when he saw them, he ran from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. My Lord, said Abraham, if, you have, if I have found favor in your sight, please do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought that you may wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree, and I will bring a, a bit of bread so that you may refresh yourselves. This is why you have passed your servant's way, and after that, you may continue on your way. What hospitality he had, right? Come on in, let me take care of you on your journey. <coughs> yes, they replied, you may do as you have said. So Abraham hurried into the tent and said to Sarah, Quick, prepare three measures of fine flour, knead it, and bake some bread. And meanwhile, Abraham ran to the herd and selected a tender choice calf and gave it to a servant who hurried to prepare it. Then Abraham brought curds and milk and the calf that had been prepared and set it before the men, and he stood by them under the tree as they ate. Where is your wife, Sarah? they asked. There in the tent, he replied. Then the Lord said, then the Lord said, I will surely return to you at this time next year, and your wife Sarah will have a son. 
Now Sarah was behind him listening at the entrance of the tent. And Abraham and Sarah were already old and well along in years. Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. So she laughed to herself, saying, After I am worn out and my master is old, will I now have this pleasure? And the Lord asked Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Can I really bear a child when I am old? Is anything too difficult for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you in about a year, and Sarah will have a son. But Sarah was afraid, and she denied it and said, I did not laugh. No, replied the Lord. You did laugh. <laughs> Sounds like me and him. When the men got up to leave, they looked out over Sodom, and Abraham walked along with them to see them off. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation, and through him all the nations of the earth will be blessed. For I have chosen him so that he will command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just in order that the Lord may bring upon Abraham what he has promised. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Also in Genesis 12, the Lord had said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land that I'm going to show you. <coughs> Pardon me. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. Abraham had Isaac carry the wood, but Abraham carried the word, this word that God gave him. <clears throat> this was a personal word from God to him. He had to trust God in order to obey God in this hard thing. Do you know that Hebrews 11, 17 through 19 says, By faith, when God tested Abraham, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise him from the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. Yes, amen, wow. I mean, God tested Abraham. We know that Abraham passed the test in verse 9 because God said, Now I know that you fear God. What about us? What does this story say to us in the midst of our story today? Do you know God has a brilliant plan for you, for me, for all of us? A good plan. Many times we can't see how anything good is going to come out of this situation. Many times we can't even see how we're going to get through it. I have been there. I want you to think about this. In our most difficult moment, could it be that there's also a test involved for us in some way? Oh, God, help us to see.
We have to keep our godly perspective in a fiery trial. What could God possibly do to turn things around for good in some way, like he, he talks about in Romans 8, 28, uh, 8.28, which is the story of my life? He could do the impossible. That's what he could do. He's brilliant. I don't put anything past him. I want to make it clear that God does not tempt us to sin. James 1 says that God can never be tempted and he will not tempt anyone to sin. He never tempts us, but we see here that he may test us. <clears throat> Why would he do that? It could be to see if that he can bless us with more of what he wants to do in us and through us. And we just don't see it yet. We're so limited. Sometimes our faith needs to be bigger in order for him to accomplish even greater things in us and through us. And it just it's going to require greater faith. He definitely wants to reveal more, self, more of himself to us as well. Always. He wants you to know him. <clears throat> this most difficult test of Abraham didn't come until he was like... He was old, right? He was old, way advanced in years, and his faith was much stronger. He had learned earlier not to try to manipulate the circumstances of God's promises, right? Remember, God said, you're going to have a baby. Well, I'm almost 100 years old, no baby. Sarah's like, go be with Hagar. We're going to have our son. Let's make it happen. And so he did, and... We know how that turned out. God gave him a promise to cling to. God will fulfill his own promises. He doesn't need our help. In our difficult situations, we need a promise to cling to. What does God's promise to us look like? Find out. Find out. In Hosea chapter 4, 6, he says, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. We just, when we don't know what God says, we go it on our own and, you know, good luck with that. We need to know what God says. What is the word that you are holding on to right now today in your circumstance? Are you holding on to one? What, what promise or promises from God that he's already given you in his word. Is it, I'm always with you? I will never leave you or forsake you? Is it, I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. You hang on to that last word that God gave you until he gives you a new one. <clears throat> we must carry the word with us. Claim it as truth in our situation. Cling to it. You know, from the time I was saved at age 15, I used to write index cards. My sister who led me to Jesus taught me to do this. Write verses on index cards so that you can learn it and memorize it and know it. And I would hang those things up everywhere. Like I had white index cards all over my house, you know, in front of the, the sink where I would see it while I'm washing dishes, um, 
beside my bed. I carried him with me. I, I had to. I've been through a lot of stuff. I don't know about you, but I have, and I needed to know and trust God's help in my life. I still do. I had cancer five years ago, and the night before I went into surgery, God had given me all kinds of verses, all kinds of words. I wrote them on index cards, and I hung them up the night before on my wall. This is right beside my side of the bed where I knew I would be recovering for a while, and I just needed to know God's word. I needed to hear from him. And there were times when I was so weak uh, through chemo and just it, things went really bad, and I couldn't even speak them. And I would ask Ray, will you please read these. And he would sit on the bed with me and just slowly read them to me. And it just bolstered my heart, you know. I went into surgery with um, a verse of scripture on my chest. Isaiah 41, 13, I am the Lord your God. This is a verse God gave to me at the beginning. Who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. And he did. I kept these in my wall over here at Steel Street Apartment where we lived for almost 11 years. And they were still there five years later. I couldn't take them down. I just couldn't bring myself to do it until we just moved a few months ago and I had to take them down. So I'm standing there with tears just pouring, taking them down. God, thank you for this. I remember when you said this to me and, oh, they're still close by. I have them in, on my side of the bed in my nightstand right there. <laughs> mm. I've been in such deep turmoil in my life before where I literally opened the word of God to a passage of scripture and I laid it on my chest at night, wrapped my arms around it, my open Bible, and slept so I could sleep. We need to know what God says. He will minister life to us. His word is living. His word is true. Every single thing. I was young. Now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. God is good for it. He's good for his word. He's true to his word. What about between the test and the promise? What are, what are we supposed to do? <clears throat> well, my husband has what God has given him called the rules of the wilderness. When we were going through a long wilderness journey, we listen for God's voice. We follow him. We trust him. We have to keep reminding ourselves of what is true. You know, we can choose to obey God. He gives us the grace and the power to do it. We can do hard things. God will keep his promise to you. <clears throat> you know, I love how I see Jesus all over this story of Abraham. Don't you? Isaac's life is a picture of Jesus. Abraham said, here I am. Jesus says to us, here I am. Emmanuel, God with us. He is with us. Take your son, your only son, whom you love, Jesus, God's only son that he loves. Burnt offering means 
it meant that this offering was to be completely burned up, just gone. Jesus faced complete and total death of his earthly body. He found a ram in the thicket. Jesus, the sacrifice of humanity instead of us. Abraham looked back and saw the substitute sacrifice. We look back to Jesus and what he's already done for us. I love what Jesus said to the Pharisees about how Abraham uh, saw this day and he was glad. And it really freaked them out. You know, like, how can, you're not even 30, you know, 33. Um, I think Jesus was just so funny sometimes. He cracks me up. But he said, well, before Abraham was, I am. Jesus was before Abraham, but he came after Abraham. So bizarre for them to understand. Abraham got up early in the morning. Jesus resurrected back to life early that morning on the third day. He saddled up his donkey. Jesus rode into the city on a donkey. He took two of his servants with him. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, his disciples were with him. Stay here while I go worship. Jesus Stay here while I go pray. Abraham took the wood and laid it on his son. Jesus carried the wooden cross. The place God had appointed, Jesus went to Golgotha, the place of the skull. He placed him on the altar on top of the wood. Jesus was nailed onto a wooden cross. Now I know since you did not withhold your only son from me. Jesus obeyed God even to the point of death on the cross. Abraham did not withhold his only son and God did not withhold his only son for us. Now we can say, God, now I know that you love me because you have not withheld your only son from me. Do you see it? Mm. God himself provided a sacrifice, Jesus. This story of, of Abraham has, has come before us, and the story of Jesus came before us. But now we too can look back, not only to our forefather and our father Abraham and his faith and obedience to God and his promise, but we can look back at the story of Jesus and his faith and obedience to God and his promises to us. Are we convinced that he loves us? How important we are to God? Do we know that we really can believe him to cause his promises to us to come true? Oh, we need to spur each other on, friends. Spur each other on to believe God. I think he's shouting all the time, believe me, believe me, just believe me. Every single word he says is true. If you need a promise from God for a situation in your life today, I encourage you to find one in his word. Ask him. He, he may speak something very specific to you. Get your own index cards and write out one of the promises from God that you're holding fast to as you move through your trial. I actually brought some for you. This is so funny because we already did index cards. But I brought some for you. 
come up front today and get one of these cards uh, from one of our prayer team when they come up in, in just a moment. Write out your promise to God. Hang it up. Keep it before you. Keep it with you. Speak it out loud over your situation. You know, there's blessings and cursings that are a real thing. You speak that word of God over the powers that be in this world, and you let them hear it. This could be a test of your faith. Each time you trust God, your faith is going to grow stronger, and you're going to believe more and more in him. God is trying to teach mankind to trust him, not to live out of our fears and our insecurities, but to know that what God has promised, he will perform. All the nations of the earth have been blessed. What does God intend to surely do in your life if you choose to obey him our journey in life is going to uh, require faith we we need to trust god in his brilliant story for us may we believe and know that he knows how to work it all out for good even when we can't imagine it Isaac carried the wood. Abraham carried the word. I'm going to pray for us. But I want you to know that we really can trust the promiser. And the promise will come to pass. After I pray, I invite you to come up. And get one of the index cards. I'll give them to our prayer team as they come up. God will honor your faith. He sees it. He recognizes it. And he responds to it. And if you just want somebody to pray for you about a situation or, or pray for you and bless you, please come. This is what we're here for. We pray for each other, right? We would love to pray for you. Father God, I'm thinking even about Thanksgiving coming next week, Thanksgiving Day. We offer up a Thanksgiving of praise to you, God. We just thank you from our hearts that you are true and faithful to who you say you are. That everything you say is true. It's yes and amen forever. That your word stands we thank you for your promises. Thank you for your word that teaches us about you, oh God, and teaches us how to live. We don't know how to live without it. By your grace and power that works in us, God, through the spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead that dwells within your people, would you increase our faith? Would you help us to obey and follow you? Oh, God, how we love you and we thank you in the name of Jesus.